You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I'm NCBA's Senior Director of Policy Communications, and we hope everybody out there is safe and healthy this afternoon. Uh, Today we're going to bring you the full audio of a media conference call that NCBA's VP of Government Affairs, Ethan Lane, did with the ag trade media this afternoon about how the coronavirus situation is affecting the beef industry, the markets, the supply chain, and what NCBA is doing both within the industry uh, and in Washington, D.C. On the, at the governmental level to make sure that the beef keeps getting to everybody's grocery shelves. Uh, the audio quality of this call uh, isn't the best, but we're more concerned about making sure that you have the latest information uh, about this rapidly developing situation uh, than in whether there's a little bit of feedback in the recording. So with that in mind, here is Ethan Lane on today's call. Welcome, everybody. As, as John said, my name is Ethan Lane. I'm the Vice President of Government Affairs for NCBA here in Washington, D.C. Obviously, uh, my staff here in, in Washington and, and all of our team uh, at NCBA has been focused uh, exclusively over the past uh, week plus on the uh, continuously unfolding COVID-19 situation and specifically its impacts to the U.S. cattle industry. From the beginning of this situation and, and moving forward to today, our, our continued top priority remains uh ongoing operation of the full beef supply chain. As has been noted by the White House and others uh, in their response to this unfolding crisis, food security is a top priority, and our role in that is essential to ensuring that grocery store shelves stay full of beef for American consumers. In order to achieve that goal, we need to ensure that we have regulatory certainty throughout the value chain to continue operations, uh, not just from that end of the, of the supply chain, from the packing plant to the retail sector, but all the way through that value chain, the feedlot, on back to cow-calf, and including all of the transportation inputs and, and other moving pieces of that equation that, that allow us to get that, uh, that product from gate to plate. In, in pursuit of that over the past week, we have been engaging with decision makers throughout the federal government in order to assure our producers that they will be able to continue to operate in this environment. Uh, we're, we're pleased that we have heard a lot of positive feedback from the administration on the steps they are continuing to take in order to ensure that that value chain, that supply chain stays operational. We are pleased to hear uh, that the U.S. Department of Agriculture uh, is taking steps to ensure that inspectors from FSIS, APHIS, AMS, and others will be able to continue their important work uh, ensuring that that supply chain is moving. Uh, we are continuing to work with them as they develop their pandemic response plans or update their pandemic response plans uh, in order to make decisions as far as how they'll deal with staffing. Uh, should it come to a point where they start having positive cases uh, in those in those workforces, we're continuing to have those conversations this afternoon uh, and looking for updates from them as they as they formulate those plans. Uh, similarly, are, we are working with the Department of Transportation. Uh, we are pleased to hear that they've uh, recently announced an hours of service emergency waiver for commercial trucks, including those delivering food products. Uh, this announcement is, is, is helpful for us, and we want to make sure that that is extended to include uh, the drive time that is necessary throughout the livestock supply chain. 
this is one of those other issues, uh, as I said earlier, that's important to ensure that we keep operational through this time uh, to make sure that we get resources where they need to be to keep that to keep that uh, uh, food supply moving. Uh, we're also continuing to monitor uh, operations in the in the markets. Uh, obviously, we've seen uh, quite a bit of price fluctuation across all. Uh, all of the U.S. financial markets. This is this is not an issue that is exclusive to uh, the U.S. cattle markets, but uh, our producers have been uh, hit extremely hard uh, on the live cattle side uh, in, in this equation, and that is something we continue to stay heavily engaged in, in order to ensure that uh, uh, we are we are keeping those producers viable through this through this crisis. We have sent a letter encapsulating the, uh, uh, the needs of our industry uh, uh, in this ongoing situation uh, to the White House, uh, to uh, Vice President Pence uh, in his capacity as chairman of the uh, COVID-19 task force. Uh, that letter uh, uh, goes into uh, the, the issues that I've just covered here as far as where our focus remains uh, to, to protect that supply chain. Uh, we have also uh, included in that uh, uh, concern and reference to uh, the ability of our, of our Western producers to operate uh, as we're getting into turnout season for 22,000 producers that are operating on Western federal lands to ensure that there won't be a disruption in their ability to continue operating uh, and managing those resources further west. We are also monitoring the unfolding uh, situation on Capitol Hill as they uh, pass the uh, coronavirus 2 stimulus package and move towards what we understand to be a coronavirus stimulus 3 package. Uh, the letter that we have sent to the White House additionally outlines the needs that, that our producers are going to have as far as uh, financial coverage as we move forward. Uh, in our opinion and, and uh, in our request to the administration, uh, we have asked that they look for additional avenues for flexibility uh, in order to uh, reduce the burden on our producers uh, from existing loans and interest requirements as well as access to new funds and capital at low or no interest rates to ensure that they have the operating resources necessary uh, to sustain their operations during this, during this disruption. We'll continue to monitor this situation moving forward. Uh, this is, as you all know on this call, a rapidly unfolding situation. Uh, about every hour we seem to get new reports and new changes, particularly in that debate on Capitol Hill. Uh, we, are, we are watching uh, various proposals uh, come up for debate as, as part of that package, as is always the case with these types of legislation uh, on the Hill. So uh, we're spending a lot of our time at the moment analyzing those proposals. Uh, and gauging whether or not they, uh, they have a uh, viable chance in this kind of package. Obviously, when we get to numbers like are being debated here, uh, these tend to be quick, pretty weighty packages, and our, our focus is going to remain on ensuring that agriculture and the cattle industry in general are, are taken care of and protected in any package that, that may move forward. That's been the, uh, uh, the focus of our efforts over the past uh, week plus, and, and with that, I'm, I'm happy to uh, open it up for any questions that anyone may have. Yeah, Ethan, this is Matt Kay, the Burns Bureau. Uh, we, uh, in, in talking with the American Farm Bureau, have heard uh, concerns they've raised with the administration on a couple of issues. One, uh, suspension of processing of uh, H-2A farm workers uh, coming in from Mexico. Uh, obviously, uh, there's a concern of uh, a shortage of farm labor, and uh, secondly, uh, AFB has raised with the administration the concern 
over uh, market uh, price manipulation in the livestock market. I wonder if you could address those two areas. You, yeah, absolutely. I mean, la labor was an issue before before this issue came up, and I think across across a lot of the issues that we're talking about today, and uh, and the, the pricing issue uh, among them, uh, stress like this tends to, to shine a brighter light and exacerbate what were already some 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 challenging issues for us. Labor is always an issue that, that's challenging in the in the agriculture community on the on the market side. Obviously, as I said earlier, that's something we're continuing to put a lot of, of focus on, and, and particularly we're hearing, uh, as Farm Bureau is, from our producers across the country that that spread between the uh, box beef price and live cattle price uh, it doesn't doesn't reflect the reality on the ground. We're seeing a, a lot of uh, increase in, in uh, price in the box beef side. We're seeing those pictures on the news of, of cleaned out store shelves. Uh, we, know this is being a, recorded. we know this is a commodity that is uh, uh, that is in high demand at the moment, and uh, the, the prices that we're seeing on the boards uh, on the live cattle side are, are not reflective of that. Um, and so that is an issue that we're continuing to to monitor. Uh, you know, there's there's been an ongoing issue with uh, with uh, adequate price discovery uh, on that on that cash side uh, to to give us an accurate picture of of what's going on in the marketplace. And and certainly we're seeing that we're seeing that play out in pretty stark relief this week uh, in in what we're seeing on the boards. Uh, so that's something that we're continuing to, con to be concerned with. It's something that we have uh, engaged with the Packers uh, in conversations over the past few days, uh, uh, talking about that disparity and, and asking them to uh, make sure they're bidding aggressively in the cash market uh, and, and, and making sure that they're, they're keying those bids off of what we're seeing on that cutout price. Thanks. Jerry Hagstrom from the Hagstrom Report. Can you hear me? I can. Uh, yes. Um, is NCBA among the groups that would like the Trump administration to release uh, to uh, uh, remove tariffs on Chinese products? Uh, we have not. We have not made a, uh, a statement on on that in this in this uh, conversation. Uh, Ethan, this is Chris Blake with DTN. Uh, you mentioned uh, having cattle on ag protected in any package from Congress. Is there something specific you would like to see Congress do that would help uh, cattle producers? Well, specifically, I, I think there's some efforts underway on the small business side, uh, uh, and that's that. Obviously, it would characterize a tremendous amount of our members. Uh, if we're talking about businesses less than 500 people in particular, that's uh, that's pretty keyed in on, on the vast majority of our of our cattle producing members, and we want to make sure that uh, if there is some movement to provide relief uh, to those small businesses, whether that's through operating loans with no interest, so that they can make sure they make payroll, or or, or uh, make sure that those payments get paid on farm, uh, we we want to make sure that we're a part of that, and that and that the uh, that the the proposal that moves forward uh, has has provisions in there that, it, that include agricultural producers and cattle producers. Ethan Gennelli with AgriPulse Communications. Sure, go ahead. Hello? Yeah, uh, I just, do you guys have any idea as far as projection of loss, as far as dollars go, about the impact of this virus and what it could be, mean for the cattle uh, industry? No, we, we don't. We, we haven't seen any any large scale projections yet. Uh, uh, obviously, we're still pretty uh, pretty early in this in this uh, uh, 
difficult situation, but I mean, I would continue to assert that we're seeing uh, pretty robust demand for our product. Uh, where uh, sales are high, we're seeing store shelves cleaned out. So I mean, the American consumer is uh, is, is clearly looking for beef to fill their freezers. We want to make sure that we're we're there to provide it for them. Ethan, Ethan uh, Tom Ryder with WNEX Radio. Hello, hello. I'm curious, sir, about uh, the export effects as far as getting beef out to export markets. Any any concern about that being hampered by this uh, global pandemic? That's a good question. Uh, you know, and, and I, I failed to mention this in, in my in my opening, but obviously the the closure of the Canadian border this morning is another item that we're keeping an eye on. Our understanding is that uh, there will not be a disruption to cross border trade uh, uh, in our industry as a result of that. Uh, we've spent some time today uh, checking in with our trading partners uh, in other parts of the world as well. Uh, we're not foreseeing any any issues on that front at this point, um, but obviously this is a rapidly folding situation, so we're going to continue to monitor that closely and stay in communication with, with our trading partners across the world uh, to ensure that we don't see a disruption there. Ethan, this is Steve Kay of Cattle Buyers Weekly. Uh, incidentally, uh, beef, beef exports so far this year are actually up 10% on last year, which is extremely positive. My yep. question is, where do you think the cattle uh, and beef chain might be most vulnerable. I'm thinking because I'm out here in California where we're pretty much all in lockdown, uh, that livestock markets might be forced to close temporarily. Have you heard of some that have closed already like this or going to? So, so that's a, that's a great question. You know, I, I think there are a lot of concerns in different parts of the country that these gathering restrictions, whether it be a cap of 10, uh, like we're seeing here in Washington D.C., or 50, or 25. I mean, we've seen different numbers uh, from from the federal government and, and from different states and, and regional uh, governments. And and you know, what we're continuing to hear is that that federal government, that White House designation uh, of food security as being uh, exempted from that. Um, should should apply to, to, to our ability to do business in our supply chain as well. Uh, that being said, I know those livestock markets uh, and LMA are, are taking steps to minimize human contact to, to whatever degree they can. Uh, we, uh, we obviously stay in close contact with, with them as we do with all of our partners throughout the industry. Uh, and I know that's an issue they're focusing on uh, today. Uh, specifically, wanting to make sure that they don't see a disruption there. But uh, from all from all indications, uh, uh, the exemptions that we're seeing to those kind of gathering restrictions would would fit pretty squarely into our industry. Great, thank you. Ethan, this is Ken Anderson, Brownfields Radio Network. Um, Obviously, a lot of frustration among cattle producers. Uh, this situation has kind of resurfaced some of those same discussions that took place during, uh, after the Holcomb fire last year. Yep. And again, you've got uh, people saying, you know, something needs to be done here uh, to try to prevent situations like the price situation that's happened in, uh, in situations like this. So how do you respond to those folks? Well, I, I mean, look, it's, it's it's an issue that we've been we've been working on at NCBA uh, uh, since the Holcomb fire, and, and and quite frankly before it. But I mean, I think every, that, that that situation uh, I heightened everybody's uh, scrutiny on on that uh, those markets and and how they play out. And certainly, we're seeing it again. 
this week. Uh, I mean, I spent a lot of my day yesterday talking to producers on the ground, uh, getting their feedback and, and coordinating with our folks, uh, as did, I know, Colin Woodall and, and others in our office uh, at the same time. It's a, it's a dominant issue right now. It's awfully hard to ignore when uh, the prices that our, our folks are receiving uh, uh, for, their, for their livestock uh, don't, don't get them to where they need to be, uh, and there is a disparity there. You know, so, so we're, we're continuing to look for solutions to that issue. We, we continue to, to put our focus on that need for, for real price discovery, um, and it's, it's clear to us that that, that, that that futures market is not providing that, that price discovery uh, in this current situation. Uh, so it's, it's something that we obviously are, are still searching for a, a good solution to. Ethan, this is Steve Kay again. Uh, uh, not quite a personal question, but uh, our NCBA staff, both in Washington and the Denver offices, uh, working, still working as normal? Or are people working from home or you're working remotely? Or what are you doing? Um, I am, I am sitting in my office on Pennsylvania Avenue right now, but uh, I, we, we are open in both offices. Um, we've given flexibility to our staff. Obviously, we want to make sure that, that uh, with school closures and, and uh, uh, you know, various commitments, uh, that they're making the best choice for their family. Um, I, I can tell you that you know, our, our team is, is pretty dedicated, both in D.C. and Denver, and, and uh, uh, you know, even with a, a reduced number of staff physically in the office in both locations, uh, we're, we're business as usual to whatever extent we can be uh, in this situation. And, and with the prices and the issues that we're seeing, the pressure on our industry, uh, uh, we don't feel like we can we can uh, possibly step away from our posts at, at this moment, uh, given what our producers are dealing with out in the country. So uh, we're going to we're going to stay open and, and, and keep plugging away and do everything we can. Thank you. Ethan Matt again at the Burns Bureau. Uh, back on the trade issue, uh, Senator Grassway uh, uh, is uh, supporting a call by the auto industry to delay uh, June 1 implementation of USTR. Uh, arguing that uh, some of the rules, particularly uh, on uh, uh, origin of auto parts, uh, is not ready. So if you want a delay in, in the trade agreement, uh, talks uh, with the EU as well as uh, the UK uh, are on hold. Um, obviously, impacts with China. Any any uh, thoughts on the impact of uh, delaying implementation or negotiations on these trade agreements? So uh, you, you said USTR. I'm assuming you mean implementation of USMCA. Uh, no, USMCA. We would not. USMCA. My apologies. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we would we would uh, we would like to make sure that we continue to make progress on those trade deals. They are critically important for our members. So you don't go with, with delaying the implementation. Uh, Senator Grassley said he thought it was a good idea because of the problems in the auto industry. So I, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't work in the auto industry, so I, I would, I, I would, I, I would, I would take a pass on on, on claiming to, to understand the, the, the specifics of, of what their challenges are. Um, obviously, I mean, I think everything uh, uh, is is in a bit of a holding pattern over the next few weeks here, just because everybody's priorities are, are focused on on uh, the, the task at hand here. Um, but but you know, continuing. Uh, continuing to get this business done, whether it's on these trade deals, whether it's on any of the regulatory issues that are continuing to work their way through the system, uh, uh, you know, those things are going to continue. 
you. Uh, we want to make sure that uh, that that we're we're continuing to engage in those conversations. Uh, there is going to be life after this this COVID-19 outbreak uh, in the coming weeks and months, and and uh, we're gonna we're gonna make sure that we're there to continue those conversations. Ethan, UK again quickly. Um, you said there's no not a disruption to, to cross-border trade with Canada because of the closure of their borders or despite. Uh, that applies, I, I take it, both to beef coming in both or going in both directions and cattle as well. That's my understanding, yes. Yeah, thank you. on the call right away at the beginning. Would you mind repeating kind of what your summary was at the beginning for those of us who didn't make it right on quickly? I'm sorry, I, I only caught the second half of your question. Sorry about that. Could you repeat the summary that you gave at the beginning for those of us who weren't able to get on the call right away? Sure, sure, you bet. Uh, we, I, I just started out with a little bit of a rundown on, on I, our focus has been on this situation coming out of uh, coming out of the gate on on ensuring the continuity of the beef supply chain here in the United States. Uh, our team has been focused on engaging with all of the relevant federal agencies that that provide oversight of that supply chain: uh, FSIS, uh, AMS, APHIS, uh, Department of Interior, BLM, Forest Service, uh, Department of Transportation, uh, and and FSA in order to ensure that those uh, those business functions are going to continue and allow us to continue getting beef moved through the supply chain uh, and, and to the consumer. Uh, and, you know, we've been pleased with what we've heard from USDA as far as uh, their plan to ensure that FSIS and, uh, inspectors, APHIS inspectors, AMS all stay on the job uh, and, and continue to provide uh, provide those services moving forward. Uh, we're also pleased to hear that uh, the Department of Interior is going to continue uh, their operations to allow turnout for our ranchers in the West, um, and we are pleased to hear that uh, FMCSA, the Department of Transportation, is, is taking strides uh, to ensure that our, our livestock haulers and trucks can still get to where they need to be uh, during this crisis. That's the, that's the quick version of it. I hope that gets the answers what you're looking for. Talk of direct payments to producers. I hear you talking about low interest loans, maybe some relief. 
there there is talk of, of direct payments on the hill uh, you know that's not something that we have asked for uh, to, to date that's 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 not something that's 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 genuine uh, generally supported in our in our members policy book um, but you know at this point obviously we're exploring any option that that is helpful to our producers on the ground uh, you know the concern we would have with some of the proposals that we've seen is uh, where we're already dealing with uh, live cattle prices that are challenging. Uh, we don't want to create a situation where uh, folks are, are, are rushing to sell cattle on that market in order to trigger a payment um, and inadvertently drive their price even lower. Thank you. If you're if you're wanting to make sure that you get a payment, uh, one of the debates about those kinds of cash payment programs is what would trigger a payment, right? Because it's not it's not a loss in the same sense that you know you have a, a, a tornado or a fire and you have a you have a demonstrable loss of, of your of your cattle. Um, you you know you, you, you were talking about I, I, the market rate that's being paid not being at the level that, that what we would like it to be. So trying to figure out how to key in a payment like that, uh, the only way that you could really trigger uh, a loss or, or a demonstrated loss would be by the sale of that livestock at a reduced number. So if, if you know, for a producer out in the country that's struggling with their numbers, um, they're under the impression or are told that, you know, the only way you're going to qualify for a payment uh, uh, from the government would be if you can demonstrate that you've taken a loss and that you've sold your cattle at a reduced price, that could, people who are not selling their cattle now that are saying, hey, I'm going to hold out for a better price, uh, could elect to make a different decision and, and, and that could lead to, to uh, the market being flooded with too many cattle at one time. No. Was killed, GR, oh, and, uh, <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time hearing you. There's some, there's some crosstalk on there. Ladies and gentlemen, if you could please mute your lines unless you're actively asking a question, it would be appreciated. Sorry, let's try that again. Okay, got come on with the LGR. Uh, question on the, from the Packer side, have we been hearing anything about uh, Packer's slowing down, uh, maybe they're, they're killed uh, due to uh, extended staff not being able to get in and actually uh, get those those cattle processed? I, I have not heard anything like that, no. Ethan, can I, Steve, can, can I just quickly add to that? Uh, daily and weekly kills actually uh, slightly up on this time last year, uh, and it's not surprising because the Packers are making a very large sum of money at the moment. Yeah, I, I mean, I, so I mean, our focus right now is on is on any disruptions to their ability to process based on COVID nineteen. Uh, we have not heard about any uh, any adjustments to uh, to staffing at those plants based on a confirmed positive or, or any or any impact specifically uh, related to the uh, to the virus. Yeah, the Packers for the last two days have told me that they're taking uh, extraordinary precautions for their workers, yep. and that in the event that uh, one happens to test 
positive, they will immediately isolate that person and anybody who came in contact with them uh, uh, so they can continue normal operations. That's, that's what we've heard as well. Great. Ladies and gentlemen, we have time for one more question. Hearing none, we'll go ahead and cap the call. Thank you, Ethan, and thank you all for calling in today. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef, keep the beef moving, stay safe, stay healthy. Check us out online at policy.ncba.org and follow us on Twitter at, at Beltway Beef for the latest updates. Thanks for listening.